Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Podcast episode 200. 200. No more ones in front of these triple digit numbers. Brian is smiling. He's happy. If you're watching this podcast, if you're listening, I'm sure you can feel his energy through the audio waves for sure. Dexter Henry here. Brian Fonseca here with you. Brian, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing well. Uh, just actually before we got on this podcast, just did some uh, some manual labor with my pops. And uh, I got to say, that is uh, a very underrated feeling uh, when you just get to just move shit around with your father. You know what I'm saying? Just like tables and all this shit. Like, I got I got to say, like, I forgot how much fun that that was because we haven't done that in a little bit. <laughs> wow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I find, I've ever found the manual labor that fun. I don't think I have. I mean, you know, maybe, a, maybe I'm but, just getting a little older, you know what I'm maybe, saying? Maybe, so. maybe it's just the bonding moment. I don't find yeah. the work fun, but if you're talking about the bonding with your pops, yeah. That's what, yeah, that. yeah. I, okay, I'll get down with that. Because get, because yeah. he he is more of a, uh, he's a hands-on physical labor. Like, all of his jobs have had some sort of physical element in, in them, right? And I'm not necessarily that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of like my work life, uh, physical, you know, we can get into that in other contexts, but like, <laughs> well, physicality but, in this guy, but no, it was, it was, it was cool. It was a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, just overall doing well. I gotta say, uh, work-wise probably as optimistic as I've been in a while, uh, right now. So well, I, well, I think we, things are moving. Well, speaking of things moving, as we start, we're going to celebrate a lot with 200, and we'll get into some topics here later. But we should let the people know Brian has a new show out with our boy Tim A, Bahamian brother. That I don't know. They they have a title for this show that I don't necessarily agree with. It should just be called Hashtag We Love the Heat, Hashtag Heat Culture, 
Hashtag two dudes from the Caribbean Sea. It should, it should, it should be something like that. But they got a new show. Tell the people about the new show, man. The show is, and I, I open myself for all the jokes here because it is on <laughs> the Five Reasons Sports Network. And, you know, we had our, our, our fun, like Brian's a Heat fan and all this shit. And it happens, it happened in a group chat or whatever. Wait, 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 you know, wait, 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 wait. Don't be saying we had our fun like it isn't. No, true. I said we've had. I meant oh, we've, had. Meant, we've oh. had our fun and uh, we still are. Evidently, yes, yes. Um, but you know what? I guess I just decided to leave fully into it. But no, uh, on a serious note, like yeah, I mean, Five Reasons Sports does a great job, and for me, I um, after my last work experience, which we've talked about up here a couple of different times, I've recognized, especially now, the importance of wanting to do things with people uh, and brands and businesses that you really fuck with, right? And for me, um, I like what I'm doing at FanDuel and I like what I'm going to be doing at FanDuel. Uh, Latino Rebels, you already know, I've been doing some stuff there and a lot of stuff that I'm proud of. And then Five Reasons Sports, I like what they've, they're they doing. And uh, they're, you know, they're a South Florida brand, but they're also expanding, uh, evidently, because I'm from New York. Timmy's from the Bahamas. The show that we're doing is called the Bahama Rican Boys. Uh, leaning into our cultures, we're going to be covering uh, sports and uh, some entertainment stuff, too. Like, we're going to be talking about narcos and insecure and we're going to be talking about some nba and miami heat stuff and maybe get some interviews and just sort of sort of bring a little a little something different to to the network that is uh it's growing you know very fast you know they're at like fourteen thousand something subscribers on youtube right now and you know it's it's gone a lot up from where they were previously and i've sort of watched this and then you know we ended up talking and um we're here now so i'm going to be I'm going to be there. Latino Rebels, as I talked about, uh, fan duel here. It ain't hard to tell podcast, obviously. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if anything else gets put on the table. But uh, yeah, only only doing things with with people uh, that I mess with, uh, you know, philosophically, business wise and whatever the case may be. Yeah, so, yeah, no time to be wasting your time. And we're going to get into that a little bit later because I think toxic work culture is going to come up in this episode uh, which Fair. I'm sure yeah. Brian, Brian and I have some things to say about that from my experience. If people listen to uh episode earlier this week of the NBA Exchange, myself and Jamoke talked about Davis uh, from the Just for Sport podcast. We talked about some stuff with toxic workplace culture. We'll get into that. But we told y'all, episode 200, you know what it is. We want to celebrate. We've made it to 200 episodes. I know I joke about um, Brian all the time about, uh, you know, Brian's excited about the next number and, and going forward. <laughs> And, you know, not looking forward, but it is something to celebrate in the moment every time you add another number, every time you're able to create some more content, right? You know, not Brian says this all the time, not a lot of people get to X number of episodes we've it's done. True. Not a it, lot of people like, have gotten to 200. It's true. Let, it's true. Let me, let me ask you this. Like, I mean, shit, we've started this over four years ago. Like, did I, I wasn't thinking about, like, I'm like, yo, let's just get to, like, 25. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just build it from the ground up. I'm not seeing, I'm not foreseeing, like, yo, how, like, what what's going to happen when we get to this number, this number, this number. And then when it starts approaching, you start to realize, like, yo, we're, we're at 200 of these. And could be at more if we decided to count certain episodes and extras right. and things like that. Like, we didn't, we didn't sort of flub the numbers in a way that I probably may have wanted to. <laughs> we, didn't, we, we, didn't ju- we didn't juke the stats, y'all. We didn't yeah. juke the stats. We didn't juke the stats. We're, we're at 200 proper. But, like, yeah, I think that, you know, we've been around for a minute. And, obviously, like, we 
We still have plans to make this podcast bigger and better than it's ever been. And uh, a big part of that has been just the transformation that I'm proud of that we've made this year. And um, the stuff that we're doing here and also the stuff that Dexter and I are doing away from this, I think it's all like part of the pot, right? It's all like helping uh, our growth and what we're doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited about things right now. I got to yeah. say. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, doing. I don't think you asked me. I don't think I thought about 200 episodes um, when I when we first started it. I don't think about things in that way. I've kind of realized that I've gotten older. I've realized, especially doing the content I've created for Backpack Broadcasting, I never thought in 2010. You know, it was just November 2nd. It was just seven days ago from the time of recording this that it was 11 years since I started Backpack Broadcasting. Um, and I would like to say something about that. I, I had a thread on Twitter, which you don't usually see me post a lot of threads. That doesn't really happen. But I had a thread talking about what creating Backpack Broadcasting has done for me, uh, what the people around me that have worked here, our producer, Greg, Brian, who's really pushed me to do the Ain't Hard Sell podcast, uh, other people who pushed me to do sideline stories, the sports walk, et cetera. When I started this, I never thought about doing any of that. So Brian asked, thinking about 200 episodes, Nah, man, I was just hoping we could continue doing it. Still like to talk some sports and hip hop, doing something different, being people, with different voices in the spaces. We've done that and we'll continue to do that. I think we've been successful with that. We'll continue to have increased success with it because the growth has been good. And we were in a classroom at a school we used to work at. And now we're doing this remotely with great presentation and still booking good guests. So, yeah, but I think I have to give a huge thanks to everybody involved from day one uh matthew feniza Louis velez um our man maddie p uh greg who uh, rocks with us now um saint francis college in the beginning for the space uh give them some love there uh gotham Podcast except Studio. for yeah never mind yeah 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 we're gonna go there <laughs> except except for the few i know i'll say a few people act like assholes uh but that's cool we ain't, we ain't gonna lump you into that gotham Podcast Studio. Yeah. We rocked with and uh, now doing stuff with Backpack and the Props Network. So, yeah, you know, thanks to everybody because they're the ones who make it possible. So, you know, and then obviously the supporters, the listeners, the viewers. Uh, if you share, you retweet, if you've donated on Patreon, thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate that uh, immensely. We would not be here without you. So 200 episodes, as we told you all from the jump, man, we're just trying to keep it real. Now. This episode, it's going to be a lot about people not keeping it real. Some people who were lying to the people. But before we get to that, you know what? I thought about this for this episode and this theme, and I was like, I was watching a commercial for a particular uh, food establishment today. And it made me think about my first time trying this food establishment because everybody was like, yo, this is good. You got to try it. You got to have it. And then I tried it, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I didn't like it. So I got to ask Brian, before I name this establishment, and I don't care because they don't sponsor me. If they want to sponsor us, they can at some point. But I particularly wasn't impressed with their food. Uh, have anybody ever told you about a spot? And was like, yo, you got to check. It could be fast food. It could be sit down, dining. Told you about the spot. And then you went to the spot, had the food, and you were like, nah, this ain't it. You know, I, th- I think this has happened to every New Yorker at least once. And I can't, I'm trying to think of the spot. It's not really coming to me right now, but it's absolutely happened multiple times, especially in college. Mm. College, for some reason, it's the place that it happens. But yeah. 
So the spot I was thinking of, and this pops, guys, like I said, I saw this commercial. The spot I'm talking about here, uh, let, me push, let me pull the story back a little bit. This, I'd seen the commercials for this around for a while, and this occurred about a year ago. I was in Long Island somewhere, and I was I actually stopped to get some coffee from Starbucks, and I saw this spot, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm hungry. I should try this. And the spot was Wingstop. Okay? Now, people have always told me, oh, you got to have some Wingstop oh, wings. Oh, no. Wingstop <laughs> wings are great. They're fantastic. Oh, no. And, like, yo, I had the wings, and I was like, what? And so, yo, I thought I was bugging, right? I'm like, nah, maybe not. But this randomly came up with one of my friends maybe about six, seven months ago. And he was like, yo, man, have you ever had Wingstop wings? And I was like, yeah, don't do it. He's like, nah, I already had it. <laughs> that shit was whack. And I was like, I know. Shit's whack. Like, there's nothing popping about it. And I had somebody's gonna be listening and be like, Dexter, but did you have the lemon pepper wings? Yes, I did. Yeah. They were not good. Did you have the soy garlic wings? Which anybody knows me, I love some soy garlic wings. Nope. Nope. Not good at all. Did you have the, I had different a variety and like not one of these wings were dope. Yo, I know Rick Ross is on it. I know Rick Ross is out here promoting it. We do a sports and hip hop podcast. We do well, I'm here to tell now. you, yo, man, yo, you know, you know how Rick Ross is like, huh? I was yeah. like, oh, nah. So, I don't really okay. want. I don't really want the Wingstop, man. Wingstop, they're lying to the people. It's not like that. If somebody tells you Wingstop is nice, nah. Even our producer Greg just sent us a message. They're complete trash. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. There's I, okay. Full disclosure: I have not yet tried Wingstop. I well, do, don't. I, don't. I have to wanted that. to, but I have been told by multiple people. And look, in terms of people's opinions, I regard versus like, you know, Dexter's very, 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 very high on that list. So like even on even on food? I mean, you know, okay. like I, 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 I'm honored we, that you trust me on the food. I'm honored. Well, one, I feel like we have not super, super similar tastes, but we do eat at a lot of the same sort of places. Which, okay. by the way, I gotta say this. I'm gonna give a free plug to this place. This is a place where you and Marguerite got to come, me and Asher. There's this place, in terms of wings, they're the best that I've had. Uh, there's a place called Queen's Bully in Forest Hills. Oh, okay. But I've also heard of this before. I've heard other people speak highly of this place before. So this you, isn't you, you, you got to come, bro. You got to okay. come. Oh, although, they have, okay. although, to be fair, people did speak highly of Wingstop, and I, I now have to question those people. <laughs> Wingstop's different. You know, this is like a sit-down. This is like a restaurant, whatever. Uh, gotcha. they, they have... They have different, you know, lemon pepper barbecue, all this shit. The sticky wings that they have, that's the fucking show stealer, okay? Huh. I've, ha- I've had those. Like, those are the ones that we get often. We'll get, like, I think an order comes with 10. We'll split them, and then we'll get some food, whatever. Or we just might eat wings straight up. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Queens Bully in Forest Hills, dope. Wingstop I haven't had. There's one in Bushwick that I was like, hmm, thought about ordering from there before. But just never, never really got around to it. You see all the commercials for stuff, and you know, I still have to, I still have to try the the, the brisket from Chipotle, and I want to have it. You know what I mean? But I feel like that actually might be fire, and I kind of like Chipotle. But yo, the the I've heard this from at least like four people, so mm-hmm. I, I'm pro- I'm probably good on Wingstop because there are very few things that piss me off more than spending money on food and not really liking the food. 
I mean, that is an all time bad fucking. You know, you know, it's funny, man. Like, it's funny you say that because, like, I pretty much chalk things up to trying new foods and new experiences. Is that look, it sometimes it's gonna hit and sometimes it's not. You hope that most of the time it hits, but sometimes you'll get a dud, right? The the problem is you don't want to pay too much for the dud, and And there are and there are mad places that I've never had a dud. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, I've I mean, never had a bad, like, this is not even, I'm not even trying to say, like, this restaurant is, like, you know, in the top 1% or whatever the case may be, but, like, I've never had a, ba- a bad meal at Bear Burger, for example. You know what I yeah, mean? I've, I mean, and I'm trying to think about even in, like, sit-down spots or, like, Bear Burger is a fast, casual spot, right? Like, there's not, I can't think of too many duds. Wingstop was absolutely a dud. And I don't know if it's because <laughs> I kept Did you finish the meal? Did you finish the meal? Did I tell you how bad it was? <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is no. It See, is, if you yo, don't finish the meal, yo, like you know I, how, I've, I've had some, something before where I've like, like it was, it was not what I thought bro, it would be, I but like, I like could finish it. Wings, man, I got like forty what? wings. This was for the family. This wasn't just for me. People out there, oh. so, so pump your brakes. Yo, I'm gonna tell you how you know the wings wasn't popping. My daughter didn't care for them. No. That's how you know. That's how you know. Okay, so wait, this is important. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do after? Like, did you get like because you had to eat? You still had yeah, to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing. I didn't want to be wasteful. I try not to be wasteful, as I'm sure you do as well, Brian. That's what I'm I saying. That's why I asked you so if you finished it. Because, you know, reluct- we were like, yo, we paid for this shit. Fuck it. Like, I reluctantly put it back in the fridge and was like, all right, tomorrow, the next day, I might get a little hungry. And, you know, I'll, I'll try to eat it. And I did. I mean, I don't want to say that the wings... I know we, Greg and I were a little harsh. I'm calling it complete trash. You can eat them. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's doo-doo in your mouth or something. You know what I'm saying? But, like... They don't live up to the name, though. No, nah, I don't live up to the name. They it's ain't like, wings that stop you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, wings you should stop for again. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was like a clear never again for me. Like, this, we're not, we're not doing this again. Like, I, I finished it, and I think I munched on it through the next day while I was watching some sports or something. Because, you know, I had to get some protein in the body. So, yeah. I did that. And, and but, if you're hungry, yeah. certain food could just taste better if you're hungry. Right? Yeah, you, you, you'll get through it. But, um, nah, never again. Wing stopping like that. I, I had definitely, definitely better wing spots than that in my life. The fries, nothing was redeemable. Oh, oh the, the fries were extremely lackluster. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, yo, no. There, there, there are places where, like, like you know, you go out to eat whatever, and there are certain like you order different things, and there are certain places where I'm like, okay, this was okay, but yo, the fries are really good. You know, like yeah, they have like that one was, really redeeming thing. There was thing. nothing I would go back for. I'm being serious. Like, there's nothing I would go back for. <laughs> and like, I feel like the people that really like Wingstop, and I'm not even trying to shame people, but it's like if you really like Wingstop, I just feel like you haven't had enough good wings in your life. And I say like you, you just need to eat better wings. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just saying yeah. you might think something is really good until you know it happens with all of us. We grow. We experience something a little bit better, a little bit more diversity in our palate. I'm not shaming anybody. You just Maybe you should eat some better wings. And because I had better wings, I knew this wasn't really shit. That's all. Best, best wings I've had, definitely uh, Queens Bully, like I mentioned. And also uh, O'Neill's in Maspeth, which uh, which they used to have this wing night promo thing where uh, I went to high school in that area. So it was like a spot you can go. And it was something like 25 cents a wing. So you could get 20 wings for like $4 and y'all could split amongst people at a table where it was one of those deals. It was actually where we saw 
the uh, the horrible, uh, but somehow still entertaining 2011 national championship game between UConn and Butler. Oh, uh, the the Kemba Walker Shabazz Napier like that. We saw it, it from there. I remember we were like juniors in high school, and it was like, yeah, the wings were fire. Well, at least you had good wings. You know what I had that night? I had a wing stop. Not good wings at all. <laughs> Best thing about that night was probably the alcohol I drank to wash the taste of those wings away. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season four of Backpack Broadcasting's original award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally, in these streets. The first three seasons and current season with new episodes every Monday are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. Speaking of lying to the people, yo, how about your boy Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> is it my boy? I mean, your boy. I like I like him. I like him as a football player, but holy shit! Like, well, yeah. Set set the table first. Set the table yeah, for yeah. this. Okay, like if you've been under a rock, you haven't heard. Aaron, it came out. Aaron Rodgers got COVID, and we wish anybody that's had COVID, or somebody who's had COVID, uh, get better, please. Aaron Rodgers was thought by many people in the media to have been vaccinated. And the reason being, when he was asked if he was vaccinated, back, I believe this was, Brian, at the beginning of training camp, I think this was, when he was asked that, he said, I was immunized. Not necessarily the same as being vaccinated for COVID-19. If someone asked me, hey, are you vaccinated against COVID-19? Yep, got my two jabs. I'm good. Right? If somebody asked me that and I said I'm immunized, I mean, that's true. I am immunized because I've had vaccination shots for measles, mump, rubella, you know, all sorts of stuff, right, that's been happening. So you've been immunized, but you haven't been vaccinated against COVID-19. So Aaron Rodgers was deceitful with the words. And for more on this, I encourage people, if you haven't seen this this week's episode of Sports Walk, uh, Matthew Robeson, writer from the Daily News, took the Sports Walk, and he kind of got on Aaron Rodgers about this and Kyrie Irving, as he should. But He's out here lying to the people. And here's what bothered me, B. This is what bothered me about this. The Packers were in on this too. They were also lying to the people. They were in on this because of Aaron Rodgers it appearing or being told that he was vaccinated. He was walking around the practice facility with no mask. If you are vaccinated, you can walk around practice facilities as an NFL player without a mask. But Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated. He was walking around endangering the lives of others. The Packers knew this. Aaron Rodgers then went on, I'm forgetting what the podcast name was. I don't remember what it was. The Aaron Pat Rodgers, McAfee Show. Pat McAfee Show. Thank you. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee Show and talked about how he had been taking home- homeopathic treatments and had told the NFL that this should count as a vaccination and asked them for it. And the NFL actually looked into this, which I was like, why? Why did they even look into this? All the NFL had to respond and say was, hey, did you get one of three things? Did you take the Johnson & Johnson? Did you take the Pfizer? Or did you take the Moderna? And Aaron Rodgers would have said no. 
They should have just said, all right, well, you're not vaccinated. It was that simple to me. There was nothing else beside that. But here's Aaron Rodgers getting the benefit of the doubt, probably because he is Aaron Rodgers, and the NFL entertained this. And he said he took these homeopathic, home, homeopathic, can't speak, treatments here. And who yeah. did he get the advice to do these homeopathic treatments from? Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. And here's what, this is why I would like to ask Aaron Rodgers. Why did you take advice on COVID treatment from Joe Rogan? I mean, there's things I might ask Joe Rogan about. How to host a game show. How to host a podcast. Pretty good podcaster, right? Got some following. But COVID? You're going to ignore the experts? You're going to ignore the science? You're going to ignore the research? And then you're out here arrogantly lying to the people? And then on the Pat McAfee show, talking about you don't want to be caught up in the woke agenda and all this other nonsense. And it's like, because people were roasting you. Like now, whenever you get roasted and people come at you, it's like, oh, that's cancel culture. Oh, that's part of the woke agenda. No, you just did some dumb shit. And we're going to laugh at you about it because some dumb shit. Like, that's it. But my thing is, forget all that. Aaron Rodgers is out here, was endangering his teammates. He got COVID. Could have spread it to other teammates who were at him hanging out for Halloween and other stuff like that. And he's lying. Now, here's what angered me even more, Brian. And I had to pull this up to make sure. Aaron Rodgers got fined, right? This just came down before we recorded this podcast. Aaron Rodgers got fined $14,650. The Green Bay Packers got fined $300,000. Darren Ravel, shout out to him for this tweet. He talked about Aaron Rodgers getting fined $14,650 for violation of COVID protocols. Based on his $22.4 million salary, that's the equivalent of fining the average American $33.80. Which is to say, yo, Aaron Rodgers laughed at that amount of money. It's yeah. nothing. This isn't going to deter him from lying again. And then the Packers, they don't get punished in any kind of serious way. They don't $300,000. They don't lose any draft picks. Nothing else happens. We're just going to go on about this. Joke. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Joke. Um, Absolute joke. It's, it's weird because, like, so – Y'all listen to the show. I obviously have talked about listening to Levitar. Levitar, they've had, like, developed a relationship with Aaron Rodgers where they were interviewing him. And the interviews were generally very good. And Aaron Rodgers seemed like a person who, and I'm not, I don't think he's dumb, like a dumb person necessarily. But I think he obviously, like, has done a bunch of dumb shit this past week or so, right? I think both those things could be true. And in listening to those interviews with Levitard, like, you know, he seems pretty insightful on a lot of things and is open minded and wants to be um, just sort of well rounded on a lot of different fronts. But then also what comes with that is like, I mean, we've joked about if we if we wanted to sort of pull our favorite rappers, which ones are vaccinated and which ones aren't like we might not want to know the answers to some of these things. And Aaron Rodgers just, you know, he, the problem is he thinks he's too, he's too smart, right? That's like, I feel mm-hmm. like he thinks that he's too uh, above this. Like he's past this. He allegedly, or he said, I think that he, what, post a multiple hundred page proposal to the NFL in trying to like, you know, lay out all this supposed data and all these different things. And then the taking advice for Joe Rogan thing is interesting because, as you said, like, yeah, there are certain things that I would ask him. Like, yeah, Joe Rogan has a great podcast. Uh, you know, he is one of the best mixed martial arts analysts ever. And I very much enjoy when he can break that down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I was somebody who, like, I would listen to his show sometimes when he'll have a, a mixed martial arts focused show 
or when he'll have one of his comedian friends like a Joey Diaz or a Whitney Cummings or an Annie Letterman, et cetera, et cetera. But when he would have some of these, you know, right wing dudes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I would be like, oh, OK, like he, you know, it's 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 the both sides thing. And look, there's there's being open minded, but then there's like giving certain people like Alex Jones a platform to where it's like, all right, like this dude is very serious. And then trying to make Ben Shapiro seem like uh, smarter than he is, which he's not uh, giving Candace Owens a voice. Uh, you know, we can run Tim Pool. You know, you could run down the list of all these people that I probably shouldn't even be mentioning my name, but I'm doing so anyway. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers listening to him, you know, Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers are both in a certain tax bracket. So where it's like, look, if they don't want to get vaccinated, they should. But if they don't want to get vaccinated, like, yes, they can get horse dewormer and all this other shit that allegedly works, which, you know, it's not really advised by the CDC. So they shouldn't be trying it anyway, because they don't know what the long term effects are, which then raises the question, why are you comfortable putting horse dewormer in your body as opposed to just getting a vaccine? Why is that better for you as opposed to just getting a shot uh, or a couple of shots or whatever the case may be? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I mean, listening to Joe Rogan, who is somebody who has said a bunch of different times on his own podcast, look, I'm not that smart. I just listen to whoever, whoever, and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers listening to him is just is just perfect in a lot of different ways. So, look, I don't think those dudes are are dumb by any means, but I do think that with Joe Rogan, he failed to realize a while ago, like, yo, you have done some irresponsible things with your platform in terms of some of the people you put on, and he gets literally a millions, probably millions and millions of views every single day. And a lot of people are listening to these people and are dying as a result because they are people who think that, hey, I don't need to get vaccinated because they are. But meanwhile, those people are of a certain tax bracket and they have access to all these different things to where they can really take care of themselves as much as possible. We use the Donald Trump example up here. And Donald Trump is somebody who like, yeah, he had COVID. He looked like he was about to die. And then he had a helicopter flown to like one of the best hospitals in the world in order to take care of him. And by the way, he's vaccinated. So, you know, he's good. And there are people, there was a story on MSNBC recently. I think it was MSNBC, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where they were talking about the new faces of COVID deaths, the last 100,000, 200,000 or so. And their lead was Southern rural, young, and white. And that's very different from when in the very beginning, it was people that looked like Dexter and I who were dying from this. And that's because a lot of us have learned we're getting vaccinated. And a lot of those people think that they can listen to people like Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan, et cetera, et cetera, putting out misinformation, thinking they can get away with it when they don't have the money or the resources to do so. And that's what's killing a lot of people um, in a lot of different places in this country. So, yeah, it was very it was disappointing to see Aaron Rodgers do that. And then in hindsight, you kind of realize like it wasn't totally surprising either. But it's unfortunate. And, you know, I would just say um, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. Yeah, I don't want to call anybody dumb, but I think at this point where we're at, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but just ignoring the science is ridiculous. Uh, he also brought up as his argument. Aaron Rodgers did that when I speak of the he that, oh, basically, like, what good is the vaccine if people are still contracting COVID? And it's like, yo, man, nobody's ever said that. Nobody right. ever said take Bra- Bradley Beal. That was Bradley Beal. Get it. That was Bradley Beal's point, yeah. too, right? And like, dude, it's like, I have to look at you 
at least being dumb on this issue because nobody's ever said that. It has been said and it has been proven that it slows the spread. And if you get it, there's a really important thing that will happen for when you say if you get the vaccine and if you still get COVID, there's this really big thing that could happen. You likely, very likely won't die. That yeah, it's is like, huge. It's literally like 99.9%. <laughs> right. 97% of those people that are being hospitalized right now with COVID-19 are people who have not been vaccinated. I'm sorry. Does anybody want to be hospitalized? Nah. Like, one, you don't want COVID, and you damn sure don't want to be hospitalized by COVID. So it's like, yo, what are you doing? According to the CDC, unvaccinated are 11 times more likely to die than people that who are vaccinated. That's huge. Like, and if you think that's a lie, if you think that's a lie, if you don't believe that, all right, show me the credible evidence, right? When he was asked to talk about the treatment that he took, he yeah. won't talk about what the treatment is. Yo, you're whack for that. Whack. <laughs> but but that's the thing. It's like he thinks that his quote unquote evidence is credible. Like whatever he's presenting to the NFL. Okay. And, you know, all that sort of thing. Like that, but that's the thing. Like he, like some of these people, I'm again, I'm not calling them dumb, but they're not as smart as they think they are. Both those things could be they're true. Not, Kyrie Irving. Say Kyrie they're Irving not smart on this issue. Kyrie Irving is in the same category, right? Like these are people who think that they're smarter than the scientists who actually been researching this before we even knew that COVID would come here and, you know, sort of rearrange America the way that it has. Here's the thing. And last thing, and this is my issue with this, and we are not here to uphold Hotep Handles, AKA Kyrie Irving. (laughs) We're not here for that, but at least Kyrie stood in what he believed in as ridiculous as I think that that is and said, I'm not going to play. Aaron Rodgers doesn't believe in the science, doesn't believe in getting vaccinated, but he's out here wilding out, walking around with no mask, putting other people's lives in danger, and then saying he's caught up in the woke mob. Like, nah, you're arrogant as hell to say that. It's completely arrogant. And watch, he's going to come back. If That's another thing. If he comes back and when he comes back, we keep acting like, oh, he's got, he'll be done and he'll bounce back. We don't know this, especially because he wasn't vaccinated. We don't know this. If and when he comes back, is he still going to have that same energy? Is he going to keep up the arrogance? I'll tell you what, if I was on the Green Bay Packers and I don't care how much money I play, Aaron Rodgers have to answer some questions for me. We're we going to have to talk about that, especially if I, well, I wouldn't be vaccinated. Vaccinated up in there and you was walking around here with no mask? Nah, son. We got to talk. Somebody, somebody else that might just be trying to get by in the NFL has got some maybe kids and a family at home. You think oh, they're happy? Nope. Yo, but the thing is, like, one of the uh, – remember, it was him and there was another quarterback. The dude's name is escaping me. But the practice squad quarterback, a dude from the practice squad who got COVID, right? You out so here this messing is, up my money. This mm-hmm. is some. you're a practice squad player, like, you're barely making six figures? And you're not, you're like on the roster, kind of, sort of, but not really. You're the 63rd guy, essentially, because you have 53 players, you have 10 practice squad guys. So what if that dude gets it and he doesn't really recover like that? 
right? Like, because he doesn't have, you know, $30 million every year, whatever it is Aaron Rodgers makes. Like, it could have been very serious. I think, well, who was the Jacksonville Jaguars running back? He he couldn't play. He, he hasn't, I don't think he's played since. I don't he's think had he's COVID. played since he's had COVID. Is it Teron yeah. Armstead, I believe? Yeah, that's forget, his name. I'm forgetting his name. Yeah. And see, we don't talk about that enough in sports. There's this talk that, oh, this could hurt the Packers. What if this happens? in the playoffs again with Aaron Rodgers and he's not vaccinated. Yo, there's no guarantee he comes back. And we don't know the effects of it. Look how Cam Newton played after he came back last year. People act like it's a given that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and just ball out. Like, COVID is still affecting athletes. Jason Tatum is still using an inhaler. Jalen Brown on the Celtics is talking about the effects he's still feeling from COVID. People act like everybody's just bouncing back like this is a sprained ankle. Like, nah. Not to Ron Armstead. That's the Saints tackle. Raquel Arm, who also had COVID, by the way, Raquel Armstead. Uh, don't know if they're related. He is a Jacksonville Jaguars running back. He missed the entire season due to COVID complications in 2020. Uh, some were expecting that he was going to have some sort of a breakout year. He was twice placed. This is from ESPN on a reserve COVID 19 list last season. Um, he also had an injury, and uh, he got waived in March. And look, this hasn't played since. Right. This is the NFL where a lot of people are disposable. And I know that Raquel is not Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. Right. Hospitalized twice with COVID, got waived in May, not March, excuse me, May. But still, like, I'm not, look, I'm not going to be like, yo, COVID effectively, like, ruined him or whatever. Um, Ironically enough, I just looked this up. He's with the Green Bay Packers practice squad right now. Wow. Imagine how do you being, think he feels? Imagine being Ryquel. Wow, talk about bringing this full circle. Imagine Ooh. being Ryquel Armstead, Ooh. and you like COVID basically, you know, ended your 2020 season, hospitalized you, um, was significant, was hospitalized twice due to significant respiratory issues, waived in May. Claimed off of waivers by the New York Giants the day after, but then he was waived again the next month. This is the NFL. Um, was actually with the Saints, so that's, that explains the confusion from earlier. For a little bit, he was on the practice squad in October of this year, got waived again, and the Packers signed him six days ago to the practice squad. Michael Armstead. I'm surprised he wanted to go there, but people got to eat, right? People got to eat, and that's the thing. You got to think it's, this is this is the selfishness around this is this isn't about you, Aaron Rodgers. And this is for all the people out there that think it's just about them. I'm making my personal choice, my personal decision. I said this before, I'll say it again. It is not a personal choice. It is a public health matter. Yeah. This affects everyone. But when you act like Aaron Rodgers didn't act like it doesn't affect anyone, I have nothing else to call you than one word. I mean, I could say dumb, but I'll just settle on selfish. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today.
Keeping it to football. We don't talk too much football on here. But Brian, see the drama going on in Cleveland? Odell Beckham Jr. out of there. Now he's just cleared waivers. He's free to sign with any team. And there was all this talk about OBJ after he's, you know, leaving Cleveland and the drama surrounding it. So I got to ask, do you think OBJ is cooked? Because I don't think so. He's still got something left to give. This, I don't see that this man is cooked. I think that so it's weird because, like, he's 29. I've, I, I, feel, I feel kind of split about this, right? He's 29, which is not old. But in the NFL, sometimes it is, right? We've seen wide receivers slow down at just weird rates. And with Odell Beckham, I look at the production and it's like, wow, he's really taking a dip from where he was, you know, three, four, five years ago. Um, but you look at some of the film and for whatever reason, Baker Mayfield and him like just have never developed chemistry. It's one of the oddest things that I've probably seen in football. And he couldn't get – he's not – because Baker Mayfield's not a bad quarterback by any means. I don't know how good he is. I don't know how great he is. But he's not a bad dude by any means. And right now he's playing injured. But Odell Beckham is not really getting targets. And then you see clips surface online. He's wide open in a lot of different spots. Other dudes, because Odell Beckham like works hard and is one of those guys, like other dudes like him and, you know, free OBJ and all this shit. I think Justin Jefferson had a free OBJ shirt or free Odell shirt. Uh, the receiver from the Minnesota Vikings who played at LSU like Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Not together, but, you know, fraternity. And I think that the Randy Moss comparison, I wouldn't make it necessarily because I don't think it's quite the same, but it wouldn't surprise me if it played out that way. Now, Randy Moss, we remember, obviously, was one of the best receivers ever with the Minnesota Vikings, went to the Oakland Raiders where – had a couple of years, and then toward the end, it was like, didn't really have a good quarterback, was frustrated. People were writing him off. They didn't think he was that good anymore. And then he went to the New England Patriots and had the 23 touchdown season, terrorized uh, my then and Dexter's then New York Jets for multiple seasons, and uh, was one of the best receivers ever once again uh, before, you know, bouncing around a little bit to end his career. But could I see that play out with Odell Beckham? I don't know if it's going to be to that same extreme 23 touchdowns the very first year playing on a team that goes undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl and loses. But I do think that if he gets in the right situation, maybe the Rams with uh, Matthew Stafford being one of them, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, which is the one I'm sort of pulling for. With, uh, I I, even, <laughs> even as a Steeler fan, I still kind of want to see it. Yeah, I like still it would, want to see. It. I feel like it would be a lot of fun. I, by the way, I think the Steelers would be wise to investigate. You know what they can do with Odell Beckham there as well. Uh, Arizona with Kyler Murray. Like there are a lot of different teams who could try to make this work. Green Bay actually is another one. Where Seattle, I, Seattle's another one. Seattle's another one. You know what I'm saying? My boy Geno Smith was cooking last time they were playing. Russell Wilson's back, so we'll see what happens there. But I just want to point out that Geno Smith has the, the record this year. Most most completions consecutively to start a game. You know what I'm saying? So okay, maybe 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 next year he get he gets an opportunity to battle for a legit starting spot and stop backing up guys who uh, barely get injured. But anyway, um I think Odell Beckham could suit any number of teams and I think it could play out very, very well for him. I I'd be alarmed if his lack of production continues elsewhere. And I do think that him leaving Cleveland is a situation where it's a win-win for both sides because clearly it wasn't working. And I think the Browns are still good enough to win 
and win fairly big, um, meaning they can get to the playoffs and maybe win a, win a game. I still think that's possible. It may be in the cards. Baker Mayfield's injuries does scares me a little bit, but I don't think Odell Beckham leaving is going to affect them in any great way. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm actually with you on this. I, I don't know if it'll be the Randy Moss situation, but I do think wherever he goes next, he will have an impact, especially if he gets around a decently good quarterback. You mentioned Seattle, which I think could be a good fit for him. I definitely would look out for the Rams. Uh, I can tell people this. I know OBJ likes L.A. He would like to be uh in 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 la i think that's a place he would like that's a report people that's a report that's 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 (laughs) not a report don't 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 put that on me i've heard that from people close to him i've heard this from people close to him that's a report isn't it not not i've heard from people close to him he was not exactly thrilled and i don't think this is breaking news to anybody he wasn't thrilled about going to cleveland but who is thrilled about going to cleveland it's cleveland okay like it's Cleveland. LeBron we, didn't even want to stay when he went back. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron, <laughs> look, look at where LeBron has ended up playing a good amount of his career <laughs> to Miami and LA. Uh, so they, yeah. no, I can see OBJ bouncing back. I don't think he's cooked. I still think he has a lot to give. I just don't think he was happy. I think he needs to be in a place where he's happy uh, in terms of living and playing. It's just like anything else around work. We'll get to that later. And who knows? Maybe OBJ was just in a toxic work environment and he needed to get out. And now that he's free, uh, he might be able to thrive. That happens for a lot of us. Just saying, it does. It really happens. All right. Speaking of toxic work, work cultures, <laughs> man, the story that dropped last week around the Phoenix Suns. We were expecting this. Uh, this had leaked. There was somebody broke. I'm forgetting who it was. Who broke the story uh, about this story coming out? I'm forgetting who actually had broke the story I or leaked remember. that story. I can't even remember now. Yeah. Uh, that it, came, uh, it was Jordan Schultz. Jordan Schultz, I believe, broke the story of this story coming out. I don't know if I would say he broke the story. He didn't break the story. I, you know. He he let the okay. Let's just put it like this. He let because the because he did something else after this drop where I was like, hmm, I, don't, I don't know about this oh, one. Man. I'm not even aware of that. It doesn't even really matter. Anyway, this there was a story by Baxter Holmes at ESPN, which is a really really. Uh, I would say fantastic piece in terms of reading and investigative reporting. It's fantastic, but disturbing with the details in it, uh, talking about the racism and sexism allegations against Sun's owner, Robert Sarver. I will not go into everything. There are things that are quite ridiculous through the story that Brian and I probably would just have our jaws drop uh, to this to a degree. And you're just disgusted at some of the things we said. Cliff notes Robert Sarver using the N-word, sometimes directly to Black employees, Robert Sarver, passing around pictures of his wife, which was ridiculous. We'll get to her in a second. Robert Sarver uh, possibly intimidating, allegedly intimidating female employees who work for the Suns. And to Baxter Holmes' credit in terms of the investigative journalism, interviewed over 70 current and former Suns employees. It's a lot of people to talk. And most of the people they would not go on the record, right? They would not put their name on this. But Earl Watson, former coach, did. Corliss Williamson, former assistant coach, did. And I think there's something to be noted about this. I talked about this in the NBA Exchange where there's clearly what financial security can afford you. The reason a lot of people may not speak out about things in the toxic work culture is because they're not trying to lose their job. And when you speak up, speak out about things in toxic work cultures, and I'm saying this in I'm speaking about this from experience, real experience. I know this from the last job place that I worked at. 
where it's a toxic world culture and you speak out about certain things Same. and it was not valued. It was not heard. It was not listened to. And this happens a lot for black and brown people and also women in many toxic world cultures. So there's a lot of pushback where sometimes it's like, well, these people didn't put their name on it. No, I understand why, because those people are still trying to eat and they know what the culture is that they don't, they don't listen to them. And another thing that was interesting that was brought up in the story, people talked about HR and how HR was powerless in, in the situation. I think a lot of people, if you've ever complained about something toxic at your job or you've went to HR, you learn really quickly, HR ain't your friend. They're not working for you. They're working for the people that you work for. They're there to protect them. And so I've literally had these things happen. This isn't me speaking out my ass. This is me talking about going to HR and saying, yo, this isn't right. At my previous job, I once went to HR and spoke and said, hey, something's not right here. I, as a black employee, am being treated one kind of way as counter to my white employees. And I was told, and that's the first time I'm speaking about this publicly, I was told, just focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens to a lot of people in many different work cultures and many different situations. So when I read this B, I was just... It, it hits home for me as somebody who's worked in a toxic work environment and has actually tried to use their voice and speak out. And so I understand the frustration of those people, but obviously the levels of what went on here and for how long it's gone on, 17 years we're talking about across this documented, it's really, really disturbing. I think the question and what we should talk about here is this is a little different from Donald Sterling and other owners, governors, if you want to call them that around the NBA. There really isn't a smoking gun here. There's nothing as of yet of Robert Sarver saying any of this on tape or on video and all this stuff. So, B, what do you think happens to Sarver with all this coming out? This isn't a good look for the league. This is obviously not a good look for the Suns. There are two major people on record here in the story with their names to this, talking about the things that he's done. It's not a good look. And look, I'll say this before we, we talk, you talk about it. I'm not shocked about this from these white billionaire owners. Like, none of this is shocking to me that these that these toxic work cultures exist in places where they don't care about women or black or brown people. Like, nope, not shocked. This is America. None of these were shocking to me for two reasons. One, because white billionaires, as you said, but two, also because we've sort of heard these things about Robert Sarver, not like in this much detail, right? But we've heard different things from different people on podcasts or people we've spoken to, like, you know, he's this, he's that. Like, the book was sort of already out there on him, and this is uh, confirming a lot of what we already suspected, but also unveiling a lot more necessary details about just what's going on there. I know what people would like to happen is for the Suns to have new uh, ownership, a new CEO and not have Sarver anymore. People have been calling people, Phoenix Suns fans have been calling for change for a while. Some of them. Um, I don't know if this is going to actually get that done. I do think it brings them closer to that, but I I don't know what's, what's going to end up happening here because this is a a situation where I think the NBA does need to step in and do something substantial, but I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what that necessarily looks like. Right. And then when it comes to like Earl Watson is one of the people who you who uh, spoke out and was yep. a prominent voice in this. And, you know, thankfully he's back coaching in the league. I think he's on the Toronto Raptors staff and uh, Cordis Williamson with somebody else. But, yeah, a lot of people were scared to put their names on this and rightfully so, because it's like especially if you're a woman. Right. Like you 
Um, you don't want your name attached to these things because of what it can do to you in terms of what it can do to you internally, in terms of what it could do to you in the workforce, et cetera, et cetera. And the way people treat women, you know, they feel like the onus will be put on them. that They'll be demonized. So they feel like they should just step off more often than not. So, you know, uh, I think that this is um, this is very difficult <laughs> for Suns fans to sort of process. But look. I wasn't too surprised when I saw it. It's just billionaire shit. That's all I had to really say about that. And I think that I think that the Suns, like we talked about sort of the DeAndre Ayton situation and you know him being cheap, uh him being Robert Sarver, you know, why didn't he max DeAndre Ayton? And what you know, there have just been just a lot of different things like that sort of floating around there. So I wasn't too uh surprised when I saw any of this, to be honest nah. with you. I wasn't, and right before our recording of this podcast, I mean, the story gets worse. <laughs> it it kind of gets worse because another story came out from Baxter Holmes about Robert Sarver's wife, Penny Sarver. Woo! I mean, this is a classic example, what I'm about to say, of white privilege combined with a lot of money. Makes some of those people feel really invincible. So Penny Sarver apparently sent messages to three former Phoenix Suns employees. And two of them were on Instagram, from her Instagram account. Two of them were on Instagram, and the other was from a text a text message from a number that belongs to Penny Sarver. In just, just in, why? And basically over these messages, there were some intimidation, as well as in a way, if you really think about it and read this, an admission of guilt. Uh, in a way, I mean, she admitted this because when reached for comment, Penny Sarver confirmed she sent the messages and she looks forward to the NBA's investigation. She said, quote, over the weekend, I decided on my own to reach out to a few people to try to set the record straight and to share how disappointed and hurt I am by the lies that are circulating about my husband and the son's organization. I shared the betrayal that I felt and touched on some of the pain that we are going through as a family. Any suggestion I tried to intimidate anyone is as silly as it is wrong and outrageous. All right. Maybe you want to buy that, but here are the messages, people, right? Each ESPN has reviewed the messages. This is according to the article by Baxter Holmes. This is Penny Sarver. One message began, I know a lot of bridges were burned between you and Robert, and you were very bitter. I want to remind you that real lives are at stake here. Later, the message added, please put your hatred aside and realize the hurt you are causing by spreading lies and fabrication. Is your time in the spotlight that important? Something happens to one of my children. I will hold you and Earl Watson personally responsible. Think about your own child for a second and imagine the tables turn. Sounds like a threat to me. For one former employee said, I don't know how to interpret it other than as a threat. I wouldn't know how to interpret it other than that either. A second employee received a message that began, I'm so terribly saddened that you would say such untrue things about my husband. Your interpretation of what happened is so far from the truth. You are crushing my family's lives. Thanks for that. Third former employee said the message began, you are such a liar and you're trying to destroy my husband with your lies. You've destroyed my family and children. One of the employees said they were unsettled about a message, but they would not be intimidated and were even more emboldened to speak to investigators about the experiences with the sons and Robert Sarver. Yo, B, what was she thinking? I know Robert Sarver's lawyers had to find out about this and be just, they had to do the facepalm. Like, Here's the thing. What like, is she thinking? Yo, she's not a victim here. 
Right, like that. Ah, that like ah. that's the whole. That's the whole thing that I that that that. But she believes that she is right. I mean, well, that's class. That's privilege. classic white woman shit. Honestly, it's classic white privilege, right? Yeah. She believes that. It, and here's the thing: we said we don't know what the NBA can do. The worst thing that could happen for the Sarvers, that is, is what happened to Donald Sterling. Right, you're forced to sell the team. But please, can we please reiterate what's happening there? You're forced to sell. Sell. Right. You're team. still getting a couple billy, yo. You're still getting a couple billy. And you're and gonna come up on a profit. Look, here's the thing. She's, she's like <laughs> the person she has to talk to is her husband. Because that's the motherfucker really outing you on all this shit. Because he was showing everybody photos of you and shit that when I just Googled her name real quick because I was trying to like figure out how old she is. And because I, you know. The age difference there looks apparent, and you know, billionaire shit be billionaire shit. So, when you actually Google her name, one of the first things that comes up now is bikini photos because dudes be thirsty. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, once I found out there was a WikiFeet page, I knew we were all lost. Like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers that go on WikiFeet are fucking weird. Look, all man, right, everybody, everybody got their thing. Let them rock. That's, that's them some rock. weird Rex Ryan shit. Let yo. them rock. Rex so Ryan basically, so but rock. no, that no. Fuck them. So basically, like she's not a victim here. Like, what, like who, like who? The person she should be mad at is her goddamn husband. I guess where it doesn't make sense to me, because he's the one that's gonna fumble all of this and has fumbled all of this. She's not a victim here. It's typical white privilege shit, and a lot of older white women tend to do this same thing, especially if they have a certain belief or socially and politically or whatever the case may be. Like you it's just, are, it's she, just, it's just all lines up the Penny way you Sar- think it would. Penny Sarver. I believe there was intimidation in those messages. Yeah. You are also impeding an investigation, a current investigation, which is mind-blowing to me. And then you admitted to doing all that through the statement. What are you doing? How are you making any of this better? Like, yeah, you're right. She might be a little salty about them picks, but like you said, the problems with her husband. But this isn't going away anytime soon. This is just broke. This seems really messy. And... Look, can't say we're shocked, folks. No. This toxic work culture is all over the place. And if you think this is the only only owner in the NBA or only front office running things like this, no. There's rampant toxicity in terms of race, in terms of misogyny, all throughout America. We all know this because we've worked at places like this. And you know what? Not everybody speaks out. I'm not shaming anybody for doing that. Not everybody gets to choose their freedom. Not everybody's fortunate to do that. That's a privilege for some people. Not everybody's fortunate to do it. But people are dealing with this every day. And there's coming a reckoning. And if we're going to actually have a reckoning, then we have to look at these cultures and places you work in. But you know what's on? It's on the people in power. That means you, white people. That means you need to do better if you really want to do better. That means you, men, you need to do better by women. White people, you need to do better by people of color if you really care about them being included in your place. Not just diversity, because you heard you hear the thing that Robert Sarvey had a statement there. Oh, we've done more to hire more black people than you know anybody else. Like, what does that matter if the people don't aren't comfortable being there? That's the thing I always say. You can hire as many black and brown people as you want. If they're not comfortable being there, you talk to them like you own them, nobody cares. These problems continue over and over again. And then you have people like Penny Sarver. Doing what we talked about this whole podcast, yeah, to the people, and I to the people, 
And I will only add two more things. One, in terms of the HR point you made earlier, because I forgot to say this, the person that worked at HR or the head of HR were, or the last place that I worked at, yeah, she was not helpful at all. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, and two, I think Penny Sarver is also mad about that other detail uh, that was in the story uh, that we're not going to get into here because <laughs> because I think she, look, she mad that the streets know she got some skills, B. You know what I'm saying? Look, like man, I think- <laughs> look, man, like you said, I'm going to keep it real what you said. You can't be mad. Just be mad at your husband. He's the one wilding out. And I find it hard to believe you didn't know that's how he was. You knew how he was. Like, yo, I'm not telling nobody none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not, t- I'm not You'll sharing be- those details. Yeah, people, that- but, but billionaires are wired a different way. Because, nah, again, Sarver I, wants I, to be I've cool. Seen- I've you know seen I've seen broke dudes trying to be cool wired like that and talking about their dealings with women because that's just a part of toxic well, masculinity. Well, here, well here, here, yes, I agree. I agree. I also I'm I'm more so saying it. All right, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound bad, but I'm more so saying it about like wife, uh, you know, a, 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 a future wife, like that sort of situation. If it's if, oh, okay. if you're just okay. playing around, you know what I'm okay. saying? I, like, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel, I feel you. If you're that, just but, playing around, but, but clear, I, I, like clearly, you know, dudes clearly, sharing details, whatever. I, I'm not, he's not again respecting that woman in that relationship, right? So I'm, to your point, right? I'm not that person. Look, women do it amongst them each other too, right? It's just something that we do as people. I'm just saying, if you're married to the person, I, I get your point. Or if you're planning yes. on getting, like, if that person's the one, like, nah, don't be sharing them details with your homies. I don't do that. But if you was just kind of kicking it, you was messing around, ladies, gentlemen, whoever, you know what I'm saying? Right. I I hear what you're saying. The the nature of the relationship matters to there. But look, it's like it's like what it's like what 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 did Nas say? Was it at the end of? I don't think it was Nas, but it was at the end of uh, of you the man. It's still Matic. Where does Bond yo? I had that. I had her down uh, on my shit like. No, nah, that's not. That's not a. That's street dreams, man. That's oh, street, street dreams. dreams. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. That's street dreams. No, <laughs> you're the man. Had another skit. That's why I'm getting them confused. That was street dreams. <laughs> street dreams. Oh man. Or yeah. Or I got a story to tell. Lots of lots of lots he of wasn't, stuff. Look, people, I'm, people look, he wasn't stories. talking about. He wasn't talking about right. the one. You know what I'm right. saying? Like. That's the kind of conversation I'm talking about. We just get yeah, with he, the he, he ain't doing. He ain't doing that. I feel you. I feel, <laughs> I feel you. On, I feel you in that. Well, it's gonna be a lot going on with Robert Sarver. We'll see how that plays out. I don't think it's gonna end well. All right, that's a wrap for this podcast episode 200 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Thank you again to everybody for their support. Please continue to support us. Hit the subscribe button on whatever streaming platform it is you listen to. Leave us a nice review because you know we're great. You should leave us like 200 reviews since it's the 200th episode. We we wouldn't mind that at all whatsoever. But one of the things we want to get back to talking about is supporting us. You want to support the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. You want to support the great content that is out here at Backpack Broadcasting. Support our Patreon page for as little as $3 a month. You can become a patron. We want to thank our patrons who have been supporting us. We absolutely appreciate everything that you've done. The patrons really help us be able to create more content. This isn't easy. This isn't what we get paid for by somebody else. We don't have a million sponsors, but we got you the people. And y'all can help us out a little bit. Donate what you want. Donate what you can and help us out there. As I said, thank you to those who donate and make this possible. 
and help us through Patreon. So visit our Patreon page. And as I said, thank you to all our patrons as we will continue to hopefully have 200 more episodes. So for this episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, where we keep it real and talked a lot about other people lying, we won't do that. We'll continue to keep it real. He's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. And until next time, y'all, peace. 